So last week we talked a little bit. We reminded you, I didn't even read the scripture, I don't think, or maybe I did, I can't remember. But, uh, but I, we reminded you about those two ladies, maybe the, the one lady, two widows with Elisha and Elijah respectively, but that great woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. And she said, let us be careful. Look, she, let's t- I perceive he's a man of God. Let's, t- let's do so. I did read it to you because I told you about the stool meant a, a, a canopied throne. I mean, that is a, come on, that no stool. That's like a freaking throne. <laughs> and they took care of that boy. They perceived and took care of him. Made sure he was comfortable. Make sure he sat on a throne. Make sure that he wanted to be there. They wanted him to be there and they made it so that he wanted to be there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And that's uh, sometimes you just think the pastor, you know, we, we do it so that we want Pastor Nancy to come. We want her to, we present it in a way so that, and pray for it in a way and act in a way and do the bribery basket in a hotel room in such a way. You know what I mean? It's not a bribery basket. That's what Reverend Greer says. It's called a bright, it's called, it's called a gift basket where we give her little treats and little mangoes and crackers, whatever it's, whatever she likes. Her office tells us what she likes, but we, we do all that because everything we do, all of it is a combination. It's all a combination and we pray and we respond in the service and we give her an offering and we we're hungry for God. Why? Because we want her to want to come back because we recognize her voice is needed in our lives. Do you understand? And sometimes it's easy to do. Oh, Pastor Nancy's coming. You know, the butterfly. She's coming. She's so beautiful. She's the butterfly. But then we just got the troll every week. Pastor Craig, we've got the troll. The butterfly's coming. Let's make sure she knows she's wanted. But the troll's here. The troll's here every week. That's what I'm telling you, Jennifer. I'm telling you something about it. That's what the people think. The troll's here. You see, she's thin and like a butterfly. He's just like a worm caterpillar troll. Look at him. And he's just here. And he's here. Not only we had to put up with him once before. And if we were faithful twice, now we have to put up with him four times. Oh, my God. The troll under the bridge. He's here. And so then the people over time, they don't, they don't, they lose, they lose a little bit of, uh, they don't, but you still have to make me feel like you want me here. Now you did on that pastor appreciation offering. I got to hand it to you. I mean, I got to hand it to you, but it's not just that it's, 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 do you, do you want the word? Is there an expectation? Is there, is there a sense of, I'm not just coming to church to sit there and observe and watch him do his dog and pony show. I want God. I appreciate God using him and others. I appreciate the butterfly when she comes and the troll every other week. I appreciate it. Lord, I want something. I want, I need something. You see, there's that kind of a, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying you don't have it. I'm just saying I think all of us could use more of it because it's human nature that if you've been around for a while, you know, listen, if you've been here six months, don't, don't think you're anything because six months is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Oh, I've been six months. You've got faith. I've been, just shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's amazing you even found the church after six months. Just sit here for a few years and then talk to me about faithfulness. Okay. People have been in the ministry, they preach four sermons and they're talking to me about taking the world. It's like I've preached 29 years and I can't even take Mississauga or even half of Mississauga. Don't talk about the world after you've preached four sermons. Just shut up and sit down. Be quiet and listen. Learn and listen. And so sometimes when you come at a regular basis, you can lose a little bit of the passion. And so pastors, see guest ministers don't have to teach you this because you're so excited that they're here because the troll's not preaching. But when the troll's always here, you have to be taught sometimes by God, by the troll or by the butterfly or by an angel or somebody to, to, there still has to be a desire. There has to be something in you that wants the word, not the person, the word. Amen. It was this, see how eloquent I'm being tonight. It was this that I was trying to say last Wednesday night, those ladies did some natural things. That lady did a natural thing. She gave them all that stuff, but it was spiritual honor, not just natural honor, which caused which caused God through the man to pay note, take note and say, what does she need? Look at this quick, how quick she's been to show us honor. What does she need? You see, this is, this is, yes, you say, well, it's a man, but the man is under the anointing of God. God was paying attention to that lady. God was saying, what does she need? God knows what she needs, but the man didn't know. He didn't reveal it to her. Go, Gehazi, find out what she needs. Does she need me to talk to the king? Does she need this? Does she need that? No, she's fine and all that, but you don't have a son. Well, I'm going to give her what she needs. Go by the power of God at the time of life, nine months from now, you're going to have a baby. 
You see, because of the natural honor, it produces that our spiritual power was made available for the miracle to happen. Now, we talked about that, and I said last Wednesday night that many of you are doing so great on the natural honor. You, that, that, the natural honor, that's like the stool and the candlestick and the perception that a man of God is in the room, that the anointing is present, that this local church has something to offer you. You perceiving that like her, and there's some natural things to do to help that like being on time, like dressing properly, like tithing, like ministry of helps, like advertising and telling people about the church evangelism. And a lot of our people are doing very well on that. But the Holy Ghost brought to my attention, to, uh, commend them. They're ticking their boxes. They're doing well. See, those are the natural things which are also spiritual. See, it was natural that produced a spiritual place. And, the, and showing up, just attending. Remember our agape, giving and tithing. Helping in the ministry of helps. That's A for attendance. Yeah. And, and, and A for um, A-G-A, A for assisting, and then praying, and then evangelizing. And then, of course, that's not just those five things, but many other things. That is all natural acts, but they produce a spiritual place so that, so that something can happen. But then the Lord brought to my attention, which I brought to your attention, that there is a box that people are missing. They're doing good because they're so focused on that original list. But they forget that there's prayer required to pray for the services so that what God wants to say and do, speak and utter and demonstrate, will happen. And so it's not just a matter about being here. Thank God, that's one box. Being here on time, that's another box. Being here dressed right, that's another box. Bringing your tithes and offerings, doing the ministry of helps, praying, evangelizing, walking in love, all these are important boxes. But if we do all those boxes, Jenny, but we don't forget, but we forget that there's a place that we have a part, we have to play in the spirit for that service. That we have a part to play for that service. And it's not just the things I've mentioned that we can prepare before the day ever dawns for that service. Things in the spirit so that things will take place in the natural. We can pray things out and make a place in the spirit by our praying and by our believing and by our speaking. So that God, what God wants to say, because I'm imperfect, but what he wants to say because of your prayers, somehow he's going to get that through me or through somebody else. Do you understand that what God wants to do, he's going to do. And that's what the Lord said to me last week. And I'm continuing this thought tonight. That's what he said to me last week. Tell the people they're doing well. He's commending you. But there is a lack in this area of them taking personal investment, personal ownership, personal responsibility, not just for these things I've mentioned, but for the praying portion of the services. Because praying things out. Now, remember, it's like that train track. The train has to come through. That's, the train is what God wants, said and done. But the train has to have, a, has to have a, a way. It has to be facilitated to be able to come through. Our prayers lay the track, so to speak. Do you understand? We make a place. We make a way. We make a way by our words and by our praying and by our believing that what God wants will come to pass. Amen? So I said last Wednesday night, I said, you know, it's like each of you, some of you are, are your job is to get that train track and just put it in the right spot because it's heavy and, and you're, and you're praying and you're interceding and there may be a burden on you to do that. And then others of you have a stake, have a little, you know, that, 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 that big, whatever you call it, that stake really, that peg spike. And, and, and there has to be spikes all the way along so that that track doesn't move. And everybody has a spike and they've got a hammer. And if they'll just say, Father, I'm going to do my part for the service. My part to lay this track. I may not do the whole thing, but I can put one, I can put a spike in place. I can do my part for this. I'm already showing up anyway. I'm already tithing. I've already taken care of the basics, but I want to go deeper. I want to have now a spiritual investment into this service. So let me put the spike. Let me do my part to hold the track in place. And you may be praying. I'd pray in the spirit more than anything. You can pray the word and pray in English, but pray in the Holy Ghost because he knows a lot more than you do and a lot more than your mind does. And you could, you know, you could be, Hortense could be praying out saying, Father, I don't know what's happening on Wednesday night, but I just thank you. I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost that exactly what needs to be done and said would be done and said. That exactly who needs to come would come. That exactly who needs to watch would watch. And she just prays out for the right people to attend. That could be her stake. And then Doug gets to praying and saying, Lord, I want to do my part for that service. And he's praying out. God may reveal to him what he's praying or he may not reveal to him what he's praying. But what he might have been praying is that during that worship time, that the anointing would come and somebody would have a breakthrough or a healing or a, they would melt under the presence of God. Something would break during the worship time. Maybe God reveals that to Doug. Maybe he doesn't. But Doug still put his stake in the ground. 
And then Willie's praying out and she's, she may not know what she's praying or maybe she does, but she may be praying that during the fellowship time afterward or before service that, you know, as people are talking, that somebody will have that edification, exhortation and comfort, which the Bible calls simple prophecy, that one may prophesy to another in a way to help and encourage and set them free, having a word in season, a refreshing, an encouragement to help somebody. It doesn't all come from the pulpit. It comes from all of you talking to people before and after. Now, maybe Willie was, she may not even know she was praying that, but you were praying that out, that the right words would be in the right person's mouth for that other person. Because maybe they would have got something from me, but they needed to hear it from Sandy. Do you understand? And then Gloria's praying, praise God, and then she just prays, Lord, I don't know what I'm praying out, but she might be praying out, releasing the power of God to come so that that offering would be met, so that the budget would be met, so the second offering would be strong. She might even not even know that, but she's just praying out in the spirit, and she's praying out for finances. And then Errol could be praying out for a unity so that people aren't offended. And then, and, then, and then Mary Chris may be praying out that all the ministry of helps and the schedules and all the moving parts, which can be so complicated, far more than people realize, that Lorraine would have the wisdom and the department heads would know and that it would just go smoothly and seamlessly. You see, but it takes prayer to pray that out. You understand what I'm saying? And then Nigel's praying out that I won't be so mean to Taylor. I mean, he just had a burden for that. He just had a, just a downright burden. Oh, God, help us. You know, and then Rebecca prayed out that I won't be a troll anymore. She just prayed out that she just knew something was in the, she had to pray it out. Praise God. Hallelujah. But everybody, if they'll pray, you may not know what you're praying, but you just have to trust the Holy Ghost. If I'm praying, then something that I've prayed was important and needed for that service. So I had an investment in that service. Then you'll come to this. You'll actually be more inclined to come instead of playing hooky. Do you all know what hooky is? You'll be more inclined to come. Why? Because you invested in it. And then when you come, you'll be more inclined to want to pay attention and want to receive and be on the edge of your proverbial seat. What's God going to do? Because you invested in it. You had a part to play in that service. It wasn't just you getting your clothes. See, we, we now we're past that season, my brothers. For a long time, we just had to get you to come with clothes on. The right clothes on. For a long time, and I don't mean a suit, just always dressing up, just, just appropriate clothing. You understand? I'm not talking about you have to be fancy. Just whatever is in your heart, but appropriate clothing. A long time, we just had to pray that you'd come, for goodness sakes, whether you had clothes on or not. And then now you had clothes on. That you had to come on time. Remember, we entered a season that we just, oh my God, that's all we were praying for is that people would actually get clocks that work. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then it would tithe. We're still believing for that because there's always new people. But that were the tithe. That's an ongoing thing. And then that people would love each other and not hate each other and beat each other up in the parking lot. And talk mean to each other in the bathroom. But you see, but you see we, a long time, Jenny, we just had to deal with the basics. Will they come? Will they give? Will they just show up? And will they just give? Please. And will they just help us pass a bucket? Please. It's not hard. Just pass the bucket. And will you just pray a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just pray, even if it's just for the pastor. Just pray. And we just tell somebody once in a while about the church and maybe bring a visitor just maybe once in a while. I mean, it's just like it took a long time just to get the basics. But I feel in my heart, we're past the basics now. We're graduating to another level. And now, in addition to all that, listen, just because you graduated grade eight doesn't mean you forgot everything that happened in grade eight, that it no longer applies. And now grade nine is a totally different, well, I don't, I don't need anything. No, no, they're building on grade nine math from grade eight. You still use the math, you just get more. So you don't forget everything I've just said. Well, I don't have to come, and if I have to come, I come in my pajamas. I do whatever I want to do, Pastor, but, but I'll pray and I'll invest in the service, but I'm not tithing anymore. You see, you're still doing the originals, but now you're adding because you're graduating and God's saying, in addition to all that, would you pray a little bit for the service? Will you, will you put your stake in the ground? Will you take some time and pray out that what I want? Are you listening? You know the danger, Jenny, this is, a, this is an irony. Every pastor wants mature, strong, veteran believers. Nobody wants the rookies because the rookies get angry quick. They make mess. They don't tithe. They're always wanting counseling about something. And they're just high maintenance. And we, want rook, we don't want rookies, but we have to have rookies or you'll never grow. Right? So all we, a lot of pastors, oh, just give me the veterans. Just give me those old ones, just the veterans. The ones that know what they're doing. I don't have to counsel them. I don't have to whine at them or fuss at them. But the problem with veterans, Reverend Rob, that I've noticed is veterans are half dead half the time. Yeah. 
They're so veterany that they, they've, lost, they've lost their hunger. I don't have to fuss at them to tithe. They tithe. I don't have to ask them to show up. They show up. I don't have them to be ministers of helps. They're in it. But that's about it. They just sit there like a lump on a log as a veteran. There's no hunger. No, Jenny, I'm serious. There's no hunger. There's no fire. There's no excitement. It's just like they, I don't know, the weight of the world or the long, the long history of being under the word. I don't know what it is. They just, they just sit there like they're dead half the time. And it's like, then you get a rookie. And I mean, they're just, just like freaked out. And you have to counsel them and tell them, don't, don't, don't kiss that woman when you just kiss that woman. You can't kiss two at the same time. And make sure you tithe. No, don't take money out of the bucket. Put money into the bucket. I mean, the rookies are just, but you know what? They're bringing people left, right, and center into the church. They're evangelizing. They're praying. They're hungry. They're here at the altar. Oh, God, I sinned again. The veteran is sitting there sleeping because they didn't sin for six years. <laughs> the veteran hasn't sinned, but they're also sleeping in church. But the young one who just kissed four girls in that week has to repent. And they're up here, oh, God, help me. But they're so energetic. They're so passionate. They've got such zeal. But we're trying to funnel that zeal, my God. But the veterans are so righteous and good and, and calm, but they're also dead. They're half asleep all the time. And they just sit there. So I'm praying, God, I'm praying a new prayer. It's a new season. God, make the veterans with a rookie spirit. Get the veterans that know and have stability and strength to them, but put a hunger in them. Dude, they're all, they've been, ever seen a fire? <laughs> Took the boys camping. Do you remember that? We made that fire. Yeah, and, and all the ash and it's gray and it looks like it's dead. And then we go out early in the morning, four o'clock, and it's dead. And Quinny says, well, Dad, we better get the gasoline. I do gasoline, man. I don't do none of this rubbing stick nonsense. I pour gasoline. My God, you want to see what happens when you pour gasoline. You get a lot faster results than rubbing sticks together. Dad, should we bring the gasoline? I said, no, watch this, hon. And I just fanned all that ash off. And there was a few little red embers still there underneath all that stuff and you just breathe on it and put a little bit of paper towel, a little bit of something nice, not a big piece of log. You just put a little nice, little small little thing, nice soft fluffy thing and that fire just goes and just starts eating. And you keep blow on it and the thing comes right back to life. See the veterans have been sitting there so long they're just, they're all grayed over. Half dead but there's still something inside of them. And if the Holy Ghost can just breathe on that and blow on that, hunger will come back and we'll have, we'll have rookie energy Amen. with veteran stability. This is what I'm looking for. Rookie energy in veteran stability. Praise God. But we're always going to have rookie energy in rookie stability because new people have to come. You understand? But, but, but some of you that have been here and been in the previous church and the previous church before that and the previous church and for 19, 1900 years you've been in church, just remember that it's okay to let the fire of God come in you and it's great that you're doing your boxes, but I'm asked, God's asking you to do something more. He's asking you to pray. He's asking you to get hungry again. He's asking you because there's a great thing that's ahead of us. We can't afford to get tired and to get familiar and to get lackadaisical and, and, and distracted. Oh, it's just church again. Well, God is looking for faithfulness. It might just be church again, but if you'll be faithful and if you'll pray, God is going to do great things. Amen. Don't miss what I'm going to preach. I already know what I'm preaching Sunday morning, the 28th. Woo, Nelly. I'm telling you, if there is somebody named Nelly, I don't know if there is, but oh, Nelly, it's going to be good. Make sure you log in. I just told you not to watch, but just to disregard what I said, watch it anyway. Just watch it anyway. Whether you're at one o'clock or not, just go ahead and watch it anyway. Hallelujah. Because God's about to do some stuff. When he says it, it doesn't know. I've learned something with God. God can say that it could be three, two, three, four, five years down the road because he doesn't go without clock. But when he says it, you mark it, it will happen. And he's been talking. Praise God. So what are, so what are, what are we, I'm reiterating because it's so important. And hopefully this is a different crowd, Lorraine. Is it the same crowd as last week? Dear God, you gave me different people, didn't you? Praise God, because I didn't want the same people to hear the same message. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so remember, you're doing your boxes, but now you also got to pray. Amen. It's important that you remember this. Rookie energy with veteran stability. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're a veteran, just claim rookie energy. And if you're a rookie, claim veteran stability. Praise God, because we need both sides of the coin. Amen. 
So now this is about placing Jenny a place in the spirit for the services, just the general weekly services. But then there's something more beyond that, which God has been talking about. And he has been reiterating to me more. And that's what I have to speak out. I have to say it out again. I know I said it last week, but the Lord said, you say it again tonight. In the spirit, it needs to be decreed. The Lord started dealing with me and saying, do you remember the word that Pastor Nancy gave you? In Russia in May of, of 2018. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, that word, some, much of it has not come to pass, but it's starting to come to pass. Then on June 7th, the last Sunday before, the last Sunday while we had an empty sanctuary, the Lord began to just turn quickly with me, please. It's 845. I don't even know when. Yeah, I know when it's done. We got so much time. We don't even know what to do with all the time. My God. I might as well just order pizza and just take, just take our time. Amen. No, don't sweat. I'll let you out real soon. But just have a quick look there, please. <laughs> At Acts chapter 17. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Acts 17. Are you there yet? Acts 17. Are you sure? Acts 17, 32. Now, this is Paul preaching on Mars Hill to the very educated people in Athens, Greece. Okay, he's really trying to get them converted. And what's 32? And when they had heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And others said, we will hear again on this matter. And the Lord said to me, there's three responses that are going to happen. Primarily, not in this church, but in the international scene. Because you all don't mock, thank God. But he said he was talking about the international, the traveling ministry, which is growing. It hasn't grown this year because of Devil 19, but it is growing when things get back to normal. He said there'll be, a, there'll be mockers. Now, I'm not used to people mocking me, Taylor, because I'm used to this church and everybody loves the word. But there's mockers. That's going to be a different feeling to be mocked. But he said there'll be mockers. He said there'll be those that you grab their heart. Their, the word grabs their heart and they're interested and they want to hear more, but they're not ready to commit yet. And then he said, and finally, there's going to be some that cleave. And verse 33, so Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysus the Aragabite, which just means he was on the city council, he was in a leadership position, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So there was more than two, just two are listed. But there were people that loved the word so much, their heart their heart connected to the, to the one who brought the word. Remember, the, the feet of those are beautiful that bring the gospel. You, the the gospel is what saves you, not the person, but you're appreciative for the person who brought it. And you see, they, they, the word so changed them that they said, Paul, don't go. We want to be around you. We want to hear more. And the Lord said, now, as you travel internationally, there's going to be three responses. There's going to be the mockers, there's going to be the interested ones, and there's going to be the cleavers. And he said, I want you to prepare beforehand so that you know. Praise God. And he said, now, remind the people of that word. Because some of the people have forgotten. Remember, remember I said that last week. He said, some of the people have forgotten. So put that word up one more time, please, about the voice, brother, that you played, that you put up last, last week. The voice grows. The voice grows. The range. Now look, now just before we read it, look at me. Notice how long ago this was, May 18. Notice we're only talking, we're talking about it over two years later. I haven't forgotten it. It's in my phone. I put that word on a weekly cycle that every week it pops up on my phone. So every week, I, I don't always read it every week, to be honest with you, but at least once a month I've read it and I pray over it, but I haven't felt prompted to talk about it publicly. So it's been over two years now that God finally, notice how he talked a long time ago because he wants us to be prepared and he says things a long time before they happen. Now he said, start talking about it because now you're going to see because it was reserved for Hebron. It was spoken in Ziglag, in, uh, in Ziglag, but it's reserved for Hebron. Now the voice grows, the voice grows, the range of the voice, it goes further, the range. You see that? Now on June 7th, the Lord said to me as I was preaching about Acts 17, the breadth and the reach of the voice. But he said through her, the range. It basically means the same thing. Not just in the city, not just in your country. Obviously that means there's other countries, right? If it says not just in your country, but in the realm of the spirit, in the spirit realm. The voice is enlarged and it will deal with issues that the devil would like to work against your country there in Canada. It will work to bring blessing and not restriction. In fact, there will be legal things there in Canada. Now, he didn't say legal things internationally. He said the voice would go internationally, but the legal things he referred to Canada. Did you notice that? Now, he can change that if he wants in the future, but that's what we're going with now. Legal things there in Canada that will change because they're dealt with. He authorized you to deal with those things because he gives you the voice to deal with it. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Now, there was another one. There was, there was a few of them. Put the other short one. They were not, the, not the long ones, the short one now. Uh, the pace, this is October 17. This is, this is about six, seven months before this, this one that I just read you. The pace, 
the direction and the momentum will be on the increase and the rise, and it will be notable in the change. This is, this is getting ready for Hebron. There's one more short one, not the, not the long ones. We thank you for it, Father. Entrusted, this is October. This is the same time six months before that voice one. We thank you for it, Father. Entrusted into his hands. Entrusted into his hands. Greater, 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 greater. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. I thank you for the increase of that tangible, of that tangible anointing. I thank you for it, Father, the increase of it in Jesus' name. Now, just, 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 a little, just a little thought so that you understand how the things were. When you, when you see somebody that is, when, when the Holy Ghost is repeating through a prophecy, sometimes, it, many, it's always, I mean, it's always to bring emphasis, but a lot of times it's because the person is waiting to hear what the Spirit of God is actually saying. Do you understand? They're not quite, they don't have full clarity on what he's about to say. And so they, they, they slow down and they may, they may repeat a few words because they're waiting and then, 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 then that thing comes. Yeah. And, and in that thing, see, she's repeating a lot there. We thank you for it, Father. Why, why do you think she's doing that? Because she's waiting on the Spirit of God. She's waiting on the Spirit of God. And then all of a sudden, there it comes, the increase of that tangible anointing. That was the word, the tangible anointing. The tangible anointing. Amen. Amen. Now, Dr. Dufresne told me that the tangible anointing works mostly with the prophet's office. Yeah. It can work with all offices, but it works with that prophet's office. So when she talked about the tangible anointing, there's a reference here, if you know the things of the Spirit, to the prophet's area. Now you say, but that's not what, that's not what God called you to be. Well, God has asked me temporarily and, and, and probably forever to a measure in the pastor's office, but Reverend Greer, God used him last year to make it public about the apostolic call on the church. And if you study the apostolic call in office, the apostle can step in and out of other offices. That doesn't mean that you're primarily a, an evangelist or primarily a prophet, but you can step into that prophet's office and step back out. You can step into the evangelist's office and step back out. Do you understand? That apostle is the only office that allows you to do that. All the others, once you're there, that's more or less what you do. You, you're, you're, you stay with that kind of a flow. And so because that apostle, you know why? Because the apostle's office is, a, the apostle is a sent one. The apostle is a builder. The apostle is building works around the world. The prophet doesn't build works. The prophet speaks into works, yeah. sees and speaks. Yeah. But because the apostle goes to, let's say I go to Liberia and we're building a work there, that's part of the apostolic anointing. When I'm there and there's dissension and the one pastor's into witchcraft and that you need the prophet's office to be able to operate in that role. That doesn't mean that I'm always a prophet, but I can step into that to help with those building of works. Do you understand? And I might have to get on a stage and preach to 10,000 people because we're trying to get people saved and, and start 100 churches. And that takes the office of the evangelist. You can't be a pastor and, and you can't do it that way. You got to be under the office of an evangelist. But that apostle can step into that office for a season and do that what the evangelist does and step right back out. Do you understand? Whereas an evangelist is in that office all the time. That's what they do. But an apostle is, uh, in my opinion, it's, 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 it's one of the, I don't want to say it's the greatest, but it's, I just think it's one of the most exciting because it, it allows variety. Yeah. Whatever, whatever is needed at the moment, yeah. whatever is needed at the moment. I can go there and build the work and then I have to take care of those pastors and I can step into that pastoral anointing and preach from that, and where I can teach them. Yeah. And, then, and then the other, so, and this is obviously now the pastor's office is ground training for the higher offices. It's always ground training. Now, some pastors, they never go higher because God never asked them to go higher. And if they try to, they'll fail. I never wanted to go higher and never asked God to go higher, but he did it supernaturally. And I never really talked about it, but Dr. Dufresne said to me in Nova Scotia, there's another office there. And he was referring to the apostle's office. He, but he didn't say the word out loud, but he said to me, and then he talked to me privately about the prophet as well. And Pastor Nancy with this word about indicating the prophet and then Reverend Greer, God used him to start making things public. He never told me he was going to do it before that service. He never told me in the green room, by the way, I'm going to talk about your apostolic call today. He just gets up and he had no idea what he was going to do, but out the Holy Ghost out from his mouth starts, starts to speak. And I'm thinking, my God, Lord, what are you doing? You know why God did it last year, Jenny? Because it's Hebron this year. It had to be spoken forth beforehand because Hebron is, is part of that. Hebron encompasses more than the pastoral office. Because Hebron, we, we have to have the tangible anointing. The previous thing said we have to have that pace quickening and it will be noticeable in the change. And that first prophecy from, October, from, from May 18, we have to have that voice growing because that's, that apostle's office does that. And that's all for Hebron. It's for 2020. This is the beginning of it. 
We've had a bit of rattling and rolling here with COVID, but that's just a, a side passing thing. The will of God will be accomplished. Now, you see, as you praying out for the regular services that you have a, a stake, so to speak, you have an investment in those services. Don't limit it just to Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, because this international thing has to be prayed out. And you can't just, if, on, if you only pray for this church and for my role as a pastor in this church, you, then all the other stuff that God has asked suffers. Because then I'm the only one praying it out. My wife is praying it out. People on my staff are praying it out, but we need more than just a few people. We need the congregation to not be selfish and say, well, I don't want him to go anywhere, so I refuse to pray out for that because I'm going to stick it. Because listen, I'm going to go whether you like it or not. I'm not leaving the pastor and I'm not leaving the church. And, and that's why we're raising up strong people to help when I'm gone. But there is other places that God, I didn't come up with it. God came up with it. And if, listen, you want me, you want the troll around? Because if, if I don't obey God, I'll die. And I'm not playing games with that statement. I know a lot of people, a lot of people say it because they're out of ignorance, but, but I've been around some of the greatest men of God that are on the planet. And I've talked with all of them about this one subject and all of them have taught me and I've read in books, obviously Wigglesworth and others, but, but, but I've learned so much from dad Hagen, what he taught and from being around people that sat at dad Hagen's feet. And I'm telling you the one thing you don't mess around with, it's more important than even your marriage. <laughs> The one thing you don't mess around with is your calling. And there's men that have their wife have tried to stop that calling and God has actually released them to divorce, which he hates, but it's more important they fulfill their calling. Because why? There are souls that will burn for eternity if that calling doesn't happen. And while the marriage is important, if one person in the marriage is hindering the call of God and trying, not just hindering, but trying to abort, trying to, trying to, trying to stop it, then there are, there are times where you have to say, listen, I love you, but, but, but you're against what God has called me to do. But that you don't just arbitrarily decide that you get other senior people involved because some people will make the excuse they don't like the wife anymore. So now they're now a blockage to their call. And it was just a ruse because they wanted to divorce anyway. So you got to have other people that look at it, pray about it and say, yes, in this situation, this is justified. What I'm, I'm, I'm only saying that to say the call of somebody's life is of a supreme importance. And if you, that Hagen taught, if you mess with that, you'll die young. Remember when Jesus came to him after he slipped, he hit his elbow. He was in the hospital. He heard footsteps. He thought it was a nurse. He looked up and Jesus Christ himself in bodily form was standing there in white robes and sat and talked to him for over an hour. And part of what he said to me, he said, if I hadn't have allowed that to happen. And remember, George, the Lord said to him, this is, this is a lot, a lot. The Lord said to him, now, don't be offended. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You can read it in the I Believe in Visions book. But the Lord said, now, don't be upset with me. Don't be offended that what I said, that I allowed it to happen. I didn't author it, but I permitted it. God doesn't author problems, accidents, devastation, pain. He doesn't author it, but he will permit it. At times, he said, if I hadn't have allowed this to happen to get your attention, what does that mean? He was too busy doing the machine of the ministry that he wasn't hearing God. And this is Kenneth E. Hagin we're talking about. God couldn't get his attention, even though he was a man of prayer. What does it say about you? What does it say about me? We got to, we got to watch it that we are hearing from God, that we are waiting on God sufficiently. He said, if I, I couldn't get your attention, if I hadn't have allowed this to get you to slow down, I had to get your attention, son. If you, because he was disobeying in the prophet's office. He was not doing what God told him to do and how he handled the prophet's anointing. And the Lord said, if you continued on this course, just not treating the prophet's office right. And because, you know, when you're a prophet, you have to say things and people don't like it and they hate you and they kick you out of their church and out of their conventions and then they don't pay you. And, and Brother Hagin didn't want people to hate him. So when God would say, you correct that person, you say that person, stand up, you're about to die. He wouldn't do it. But that's the role of the prophet. It doesn't matter whether people like you or not, you've got to say it. And he was, he was going backwards from that because he was afraid of the people's faces. And the Lord said, now, if I didn't get your attention, if you don't make changes, you would have died at 55. You don't handle the calling right. You'll open a door. God doesn't kill you. you. Open a door. The devil comes in with accident, sickness, or a whole bunch of stuff, and you'll die young. But if you make the adjustment, you'll live out your call. You know, he didn't even start Raymond till he was 57. 
So if he had, if Jesus hadn't allowed that, hadn't got his attention in that hospital room, and if he hadn't have got bolder and handling the prophet's office skillfully, and he had died at 55, there wouldn't be no such thing as Rhema. And the impact that it's had globally. The Ramas overseas are 10 times bigger than the Rhema in Tulsa today. God's done amazing things through that man. But you see, it took God to get his attention because he wasn't fulfilling his calling and it would have cost him his life. So you you say you love me and I know you do, but don't ever get the attitude of, well, you can't go. I don't want you to, I don't want you because I, I have to obey, not my plan, not my ambition, but what God says, if I don't, I can be in big trouble with God. And with four little boys that want to be with me and I don't like being away from them, it's hard sometimes getting on that plane and leaving. It's really hard. Nobody knows how hard it is being in the hotel room all by yourself. No TV because everything's in another language. And even if it was in English, the acting is so bad in these countries, nobody would want to watch the television anyway. And all I have is my Bible and my prayer time and the occasional burrito or whatever it is that we're eating. And I just, my job is just to be there and to preach and to do my thing, but God is pleased. And it keeps me safe. It keeps me strong and healthy. It keeps my family out of danger because I would rather be home, but God has said, I want you to go because that's part of that calling. Now, this last week, he said to me, last Monday, the 15th, was it the 15th? Monday, whatever it was, what was Monday? The 15th? He said to me, he said, you're going back to Brazil. He told me exactly what church to go. He told me exactly what he wanted me to do. And he told me why he was asking me to go back. And so we're already making plans next year to go there. See, he, he said that, not me. Praise God. I did a prep trip last time, but now, now the real deal. That was just a prep trip. That was just to get in the door. Now the, real, now the real ministry is happening. I'm not lessening what the team did. They did an important thing, but it was to get me in the door. Now the, now the real ministry is happening. And I don't know what's going on with the Philippines, but I can't get the Philippines out of my, I can't, I'm trying to strip Philippines out of my language and out of my heart. And the more I try to pull it away, the deeper and the bigger it gets. I don't know if that means I'm supposed to go or not, but I, don't, I just know that we need to pray. There's something in the, about the Philippines that God has something for this ministry. I don't exactly know what it is, but we need to pray. And then there's Israel, which we're just doing small things there, but it's, it's having effect. It's growing. Praise God. And then there's Africa and these 300 people, 50 pastors that, that love us now more than ever because they saw that we were willing to help them even though we've never even met them. And they just sent me the video. I'll play it on Sunday. They just sent me the video of the second all the food going out. And it was great, just a four-minute video, but it was wonderful. Those pastors, there with tears in their eyes with their bag of rice and their, and their beans and their oil and everything. So, there, so God's, God's working that. God's opening doors. And he said stuff about Northern Ontario and the Native Indian Reserves, but he said that's reserved for the airplanes. So I have to learn how to fly the darn thing before he'll let me go up there. But I don't know exactly what, but I saw in the spirit, you saw, but I also saw about a, a, a chief with eagle feathers and all that stuff, praying in tongues. You know, they go there, ah, 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 worship all their demons and their ancestors and their woo-woo sticks and they're worshiping the fox and the squirrel and the rat, but they'd forgot about the creator. That's because all they've heard is religion. They've never seen the power of God, the real power of God to cast out devils. And they're so in darkness there with addiction and, and bondage. It's going to take the Lester Sumrall. The, I'm telling you, it's going to take a breaking. That's go, you're going to have to have an apostolic anointing to get into those hard ground. Yes. You can't go with the pity pat. Let me hand you out some, some, you know, little care packages. You have to go with a strong breaking anointing to break through the darkness in those native Indian reserves. And I'm telling you, it will come to pass in Jesus name. I'm going. I don't know when, but I'm telling you I'm going. And we're going to break ground. I'm going to break ground, Jennifer. I'm going to break it. I can, I can feel that anointing on me. Even now as I'm saying, I'm going to break. We're going to go up there. I'm telling you, that there's so much that God is trying to prepare and get us to do. So let me close by, it's 9.03. Let me close with this. The Lord said to me last week when he started to talk to me about this, about these countries and about what's coming. And that's just a tip. There's probably more. I just don't know about them. But as he started to talk to me, and then he said, now tell the people about the voice. Remind them some have forgotten. Well, I've done that now. I've done my job. Tell the people to pray, not just for the services, but to pray for the international ministry so it will all surely come to pass. So I've done my job, Father. Whether they do it or not, you hold them responsible. I've I've done my job. I've asked them to pray. Now it's up to them if they take that seriously or not because it is something to be taken seriously. And then I said, now, Lord, if all this stuff is going to happen, how are we going to pay for it all? (laughs) 
And so he said, you need to increase your traveling budget by $60,000 for next year. You need to increase your traveling budget. He actually told me an exact figure. We already have a travel budget. He said, it's not enough for what's coming, son. You need to increase it by $60,000. So I said, okay, Lord, so I guess I'll take an offering, a special offering for travel or, or international or whatever you call it. I'll do that maybe three or four times. I don't know, five, six times. I don't know. I don't know how many times, but I'll just have to work that into our... And he says, no, I don't want you to take one offering. I said, Lord, if you don't want me to take an offering, how am I going to raise the traveling budget by $60,000? He said, partnership, son. Partnership is reserved for Hebron. Now, I've thought about it before, but it's never seemed right. But on last Monday, the 15th, he spoke to me. He said the way to do it now is partnership. He said, don't you take any offerings. So just so that you know, the church budget, our budget that we have for Promise of Life Church doesn't, doesn't cover any of my travel. It never has. We use other things that we get from rebates from the government and different things to fund it. And the only thing we never did, but the only thing we, t we started doing recently is the sign. You know the money that we had for the sign? Yeah. I, I've never, never took any money out of the budget for travel, but I felt prompted that we were going to need more money because of the airplane. Yeah. So I took the sign money that we were spending on that sign when the Lord said stop that at the end of 19. I took that sign money and from January this year to present, we've been putting that into our travel budget. But that's the only thing we take out of the budget. So and so, you know, between the way that we work it, the money that comes in in the offerings is for Promise of Life Church. It's not for me to go all over the world. It's for the needs here. It's for the lights and the rent and the salaries. It's for this stuff. And so the other little things that I add all up, I scrimp and I do all this stuff outside of the budget because there's always extra stuff going on. You know, we have, you know, sometimes we have five week months. Yeah. So that extra offering goes to the travel budget because we work off a 40, we work off a four week month, a 48 week year. So there's, there's ways that that money comes, but it's not, it's not enough. And so I said, well, Lord, I just, I just take offerings. And he said, no, you do partnership. And so he said, now he said, I'm telling you what God said, whether you like it or not, I'm telling you what God said. I have to speak it. See, this is part of what I said. I have to say it. Whether people like it or not, I have to say it because it's important that I say it and I'm closing. But he said, I want you to do partnership and I want you to start. Oh God. When he says start, it doesn't mean end. It means start. He said, I want you to start by increasing it with $60,000 a year. And I want you to believe me for partners uh, outside of tithes and offerings, outside of anything to do with promise of life, believe me for partners that will meet that need. And that money, 100%, goes to international evangelism and the travel in order to get there, which could include the airplane, which is mainly America and northern Canada and, and Canada. But then, of course, there's, you can't take that little airplane to China. I'd never get there. I'd be nine weeks in the plane. And by the time I get there, I wouldn't remember why I was there to begin with. I'd have to come back. <laughs> you gotta, we gotta go on a commercial jet if we're going to Japan, not on that little Cessna 172. Oh my God, take us nine weeks to get there. So, but that little plane is great for little little things here and going up north to the native Indians and getting ready for the little things in Africa. That's a great. That's what we bought it for. But that's not. It's, it's not a transcontinental jet. Do you understand? And we're not at the. I'm not at a place of faith to believe for a transcontinental jet like Brother Copeland because they cost sixty million dollars. Maybe one day. Maybe he just said start with sixty thousand. But you got to start somewhere. He didn't say sixty million. He said sixty thousand. Thank God. <laughs> But he said, start with 60,000 increase and believe me for partners. And then I said, Lord, I don't know anybody. Where are the partners coming from? And he said, no, I'm telling you what he told me. He said, you tell your Promise of Life congregation that it's nothing to do with their tithes and offerings, nothing to do with their Wednesday night or their extra, nothing to do with what they normally give. But if, it, if I touch their heart, don't you, don't you pressure them. He said, it will start with your congregation. It will start with your congregation. And then he said this, and it will be congregation heavy at the beginning and congregation light at the end. What does he mean by that? It's going to start with most of the partners being in Promise of Life Church. But before this is over, the vast, the promise of people in Promise of Life Church will be just a drop because the vast majority will be outside the church. They'll be partners, but it's going to take time to get the word out. And so he said, you tell. So that means if anybody wants to say, I'll, I'll give $5 a month. 
or I'll give $12 a month, or I'll give $1 a month. There could be children that say, I'll give 50 cents. I want to be a part of Pastor Craig going and preaching in Brazil. God don't look at the size. He looks at the heart. He looks at whether you're following the leading of the Spirit. And I'm believing that those partners come together, nothing to do not to hurt our offerings at the church. This is totally separate to whatever you normally do. And that people that are watching, there's people that watch us from other countries. There are people that watch us faithfully. There's people that send in offerings. That's only started since January, Taylor. We never had people really outside. We maybe had one or two, uh, but there was hardly anybody that would ever send an offering to us. That's part of Hebron. That's the anointing for Hebron. So it's not a lot. There's not a lot of money we're talking, but there's a few hundred dollars that comes in. It's a few hundred dollars that never came in before. So I'm going to start encouraging those people. If you want to give to Promise of Life Church like you've been doing, that's okay, but we'd like you to partner with Field Ministries International. Your, your money will help get me to preach the gospel in these international venues. And not just international, but also up north to Canada, because that's still domestic, but it's still part of our international traveling ministry. And so I'd like you to, I'd like you to pray about that. Maybe, maybe some of you say, I, I, I'll give up a Tim Hortons, one Tim Hortons a month. I'll give you a toonie, Pastor, and you go preach the gospel for me. And don't mock that, because all I need is a whole lot of people giving me a toonie, and before you know it, we got that 60000 But some can do more, and some may not want to do any, and there's some that are watching that say, I'll get involved. But God said, you believe me, you start with 60000 increase it. You're going to need it, son. This stuff that's happening, you don't even know that's happening. You're going to need to increase that traveling budget. I wanted to take it from the church budget. He said, don't you touch the church budget. I wanted to take offerings out of your pocket. He said, don't take an offering. He said, believe me for partners. And it will start congregation heavy, meaning they'll be the majority and it will end congregation light, meaning that the vast majority will be outside the church. Praise God. See, now this is now we have to pray this out now. See, I haven't just told you nice fancy words. Now I'm giving you something to pray out. Will you pray out the partnership with me? Will you pray that the people watching, would you pray that people watching will tell other people that for some way, we don't know how, but there's just a horde of people that say, I want to give a dollar. I want to give $5. I want to give $20. Whatever's on my heart, I want to give that. I want to help them go international. I want to help the gospel get out. I want to help that apostolic call. Jenny, we're starting with $60,000 in partners. Now you see, that has to be spoken. Do you understand? It has to be, I have to make a place for that by my words. And then will occupy that, it will come to pass. Hallelujah. So what are you praying now? You're praying for the services. What else are you praying for? You're laying, you're, you're putting your spike in that track for the international ministry. Amen. And you're praying for partners. That's part of the international ministry. So I may not have taught you a typical sermon today, but there were a lot of nuggets if you were listening to help you that you will have learned. Father, I bless them. I thank you for them. And the na- yeah, there it is. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. An angel just come stand right beside me. As soon as that happened, instant, in the same microsecond, I heard the Spirit of God speak and say, he's here for partnership, son. Send him forth. Now, isn't, that, isn't the Holy Ghost so wonderful? Didn't cross my mind about angels and partnership. But they work with us in every area. Every area of the vision, there's angels attached to it. So, Heavenly Father, that angel that has come and stood beside me now, in response to my obedience to speak this forth, Lord, you know my hesitation. You know I don't like talking unless people accuse me of trying to take money from them. But Lord, I have to do what you told me to do and you said, say it tonight, son. So Lord, I know that I had to talk about it. Whether they like it or not, I have to talk about it. That doesn't mean they have to give. Father, if they don't want to give, let them keep their money. I don't need their money. I want the people that have a heart that God touches their hearts, only those ones, Father. And I know you're touching hearts right now. You're touching hearts that are listening and you're touching hearts that are here. You're touching hearts in other countries that are listening right now. And you're touching hearts right here. I didn't come up with this, Father. You asked me to go, and you're going to pay for it, Father. Because your word tells me that what soldier goes to war at any time at his own expense. So, Lord, I know from your word, from the scripture, from the Pauline epistles, I know that a soldier doesn't go to war at his own expense, and a missionary doesn't go on the field at his own expense. So, Father, I know that you'll pay for it. Lord, I wanted to take it out of the church budget. I wanted to ask offerings. That would have been the easy way. But you said you use your faith, son. You use your faith for partners because you better start now. You're going to need them in the future. You said start with 60,000 because that's the immediate increase that will happen in 2021. So, Father, I'm releasing my faith now. Now, angel, I release you in the name of Jesus that has come tonight. Father, I know that you dispatched this angel. He was not with us. I don't know if you realize what's happening tonight. These are things that pertain to the spirit. That angel was not part of this ministry until tonight. 
But when I heard the Holy Ghost say, speak about partnership, God, I had to, he had to get me to obey him. He had to get me to say words. And because of that obedience, he dispatched that angel into our ministry. Now there's another angel that helps us particularly for partnership. That's what his job description is. He goes out and he influences people around the globe. They can travel at the speed of light. And they influence people to help in whatever assignment God's given them. And God's given that angel the assignment of partnership. So angel, I release you in the name of Jesus according to God's word. You hearken to the voice of his word. Now I speak his word in my mouth by faith. And I release you. Go in Jesus' name. And cause the partners to come. Devil, take your hands off them in Jesus' name. I command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers to try to hinder this. Even at its inception that I've just spoken it tonight, there's still demons that will go to try to cause that not to work. I say, you know, you don't in Jesus name. Take your hands off it. Now, Father, I believe I received by faith all the partners. I don't know how many. I just know the dollar value. All the partners, Father, that is required for $60,000. I believe I receive it by faith right now. And I thank you for it. I call it in in Jesus name. And I declare I call in all those partners. I declare that 60,000 is met. I won't look at my, I won't look, Father, I won't consider my body, I won't consider the impossibility of it, the impossibility of this. I won't consider none of that, Father. I just call it in, I call it in, I call it in, and I, Father, I am going to do corresponding action. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Part of it was talking about it tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I cast that care over unto you now, Father, for you care for me. I won't even give it a second thought. My job is done. I just keep releasing my faith and I keep praising you in Jesus' name. All the money, all the partners, they come in right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now you've just witnessed something supernatural. It doesn't matter that you, whether you saw him or not, that's irrelevant. That's not what it's about. It's about knowing that that angel was here assigned to that particular job and we released him and he started working tonight. Praise God. Now, whether you realize it or not, you see those eight C's, Kim, you got to have them in your heart. I just prayed out the eight C's just like a flowing river. I don't have to go to my notebook and say, what's number one? What's number six? What's number seven? It's just in me. I claim what I need. I charge those angels. <laughs> I rebuke the devil. Praise God. Command him to take his hands off it. I celebrate and praise. I call those things that be not as though they are. Amen. Hallelujah. Call. That's number five. Amen. Amen. What did I do after that? Cast that care over unto the Lord. Consider not the impossibility. Consider not your own body, but just keep praising God. And then corresponding action, whatever. Now, part of the corresponding action was obeying him tonight and talking about it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you what? You wait and see. I'll, I'll update you. I'll update you whenever partners start coming in. I'll update you. I, I won't tell you what people are giving. That's private. But I'll just say we have 10 partners and it represents this much money a month. Praise God. Amen. We have 50 partners and it represents this much money a month, which represents this much money a year. And, and I, as my, according to my word, according to what I've said, we will have that 60,000 because that's what faith does. Faith pulls it towards you. I decree a thing that will be established according to my word. This is powerful stuff. I'm telling you, if you, if you get, if you understand faith, it, 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 whatever, you, all you need is God to tell you something. Then you just release your faith and you just go run after it. If you don't have faith and he tells you, you can't accomplish it because you don't have faith. And if you have faith, but he didn't tell you, then you step out before you're supposed to, or with not, not, uh, you're out of his will and then you fail anyway. But if you've got God's word on something and you've got faith, my God, nothing can stop you. You'll see glory. It'll come to pass. I'll, I'll announce it as it comes to pass in Jesus name. Hallelujah.